In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace be yours in abundance, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. In 1998, the movie Armageddon hit theaters. In the movie, a large asteroid is set to collide with Earth. The only hope is to fly a space shuttle up to the asteroid, drill a hole in it, put a nuclear device in the hole, and blow it up so that it splits into two pieces and misses the Earth. Time is limited for this plan to work. NASA contracts Harry Stamper, one of the world's best deep core oil drivers, to help them drill a hole on the asteroid. He realizes that his whole team will have to go up with him to accomplish this job properly, and so he convinces NASA to send all of them up. After some crash course training as astronauts, his team and some select astronauts blast off to execute the plan. However, they run into problems along the way. One shuttle is destroyed with only two surviving. The other shuttle misses the optimal drill point and lands where it's much harder to drill. They hit setback after setback, but Harry is not willing to give up. He refuses to have the job half done, even stopping a premature detonation of the nuclear device ordered by the president. Then their drilling is halted by an explosion that sends their drilling device and the occupant into space. With no apparent options left, Harry is reluctant to abort the mission and accept defeat. At this point, the survivors from the other shuttle arrive and they're able to continue drilling. When they finally do reach the right depth, damage occurs to the remote detonating device so that someone has to stay behind to detonate the nuclear bomb. Harry ensures that he is the one staying behind. He will not give up. He will complete the mission. He does it to save his daughter, Gracie. He does it to save all the people of Earth. Still, as he is getting ready to push the button that will detonate the bomb, an explosion knocks him away from the button. And Harry crawls out of the hole it knocked him into toward the button. And the pilot who is flying the rest of the crew away from the asteroid is worried and wants to turn back. But AJ expresses his confidence. Harry doesn't know how to fail. And indeed, Harry makes it to the button. As he pushes the button, he says, We win, Gracie. The bomb explodes and splits the asteroid in two as one man gives his life to save the rest of the world. Harry Stamper was determined to complete the mission. His face was set toward finishing this task. We find the same determination in Christ in our gospel reading today. He will not be deterred from his mission and purpose. He sets his face resolutely toward Jerusalem. He's heading there to die for us. He's heading there to complete God's plan to save us, to save the world. He's heading there, one man, to give his life to save the rest of the world. Our Lord and God is determined to have mercy on us, even though he faces rejection from those he is trying to save. We see the Samaritans rejecting him. But Christ does not turn around and smite them for their rejection of him. Instead, he rebukes his disciples, James and John, because they want to follow the way of the law 
and bring God's wrath down on the Samaritans. Yet Christ did not come into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. John 3, 17. Jesus came to save and redeem these Samaritans, and so he refuses to allow the disciples to destroy them while refusing to let their rejection deter him. Instead, Jesus continues his journey heading toward Jerusalem. He will not be deterred by the Samaritans or his disciples. He will accomplish his purpose. Along the way, some desire to become his disciples and others are called, but to each Christ offers only himself. He has no place wherever to go. He's departing this world and all that belongs to it. He's leaving it behind. This is not his home, and so on the, this earth he is homeless, as opposed to those who are at home in this world. Since he is not of this world and not at home here, he is also calling his disciples not to be at home in the world. Sure, they will live in the world, but they will not be of the world. They are Christ now and belong to his kingdom. That's why Jesus also calls his disciples to consider as less important worldly cares and concerns, which includes all their family ties. Leave the dead to bury their own dead. Luke 9, 60. Instead, they are to focus on what lies ahead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Luke 9, 60. This will put the, these disciples at odds with the world and even at odds with their own earthly families, just as it put Jesus at odds with his own family. But as Jesus teaches, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. 9.62 Christ came to snatch people out of this world. He came to free us and that is exactly what he did. He rescued us. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians 1.13. And since he rescued us from evil in the world, he does not want us to be bound by it again. He wants us to live not as slaves to this world, but as his family. As Jesus said, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Luke 8, 21. His family is anyone who hears and believes his word. His family is not made of blood relatives, are those who have the right backgrounds, whether politically, socially, economically, or religiously. They are not those who have said or done the right things, nor are they those who have kept the law. Rather, those who have heard his word, calling them to be his disciples, who believe and trust in him. Those are the ones who are doing God's word. They have heard his proclamation about who he is and what he has come to do, and they have believed it. Such are now his family. Such have stepped out of the world and into heaven, into the kingdom of God. But such will face a difficult road just as Christ did. The things of this world will try to suck up so much of our time and efforts, from electronics to our daily work and chores. We invest much time and long hours of work to maintain our lifestyle. 
our possessions and jobs are calling us to... Oh, they're always calling us. And they become easy excuses for us to be in God's Word and in church. Of course, these things are not bad or wrong. But our sinful hearts become so easily wrapped up and around such things that we end up loving them more than we love God. We care more about our sports team, land, house, gadgets, equipment, and whatever else we might have than we care about God. Stop hearing His Word for us. We care more about what our friends and family have to say, how they might treat us, or what they might think of us, rather than being concerned with what Christ calls us to be concerned. We get consumed by the things of this world, and we worry about being rejected by those around us. We worry about our welfare in this world. But Christ calls us to daily take up our cross and follow him. He calls us to proclaim who he is and what he has done, a message that is sure to receive rejection by many, a path that will not be easy, but rather difficult and hard, a journey that requires determination and daily contrition and repentance, a path that means dying to one's old self, dying to sin and living a new life as part of Christ's family, a new creation, having the birth of the Spirit in the waters of baptism. This is clearly a difficult road and journey, one that some have departed from, some have forsaken for the things and people of this world. And we are likewise tempted as well. We likewise get caught up in what we have and the relationships around us. We let the concerns of others and the desires of our heart trump God's and Christ's will for our lives. Our hearts are not in standing up. Our knees are weak. We give in and compromise the truth so that we don't appear offensive or overly contentious with others. Far too often we conform to the world and look behind us, longing for that which we have left behind. In our many sins, we turn back from Christ's call. But he does not turn his back on us. He does not forsake us. He is still determined. He is still committed to us. He will not let our failures or forsaking him or turning our backs or rejecting him. He will not let these prevent him from redeeming us, from dying to save us. He heads to the cross. His face is set to his end goal, his journey to die for us. Nothing will keep him from his goal to save you and me. Nothing will prevent him. Not even his disciples forsaking him on the night one of them betrays him. He does not let the beatings, the whippings, the taunts, the mockery, or even the prospect of death deter him from giving his life to save the world. He gives everything he has to save us. He sheds his blood to say, we win, it is finished. God's creation is saved from the certain destruction and ruin brought by sin and the devil. We're saved from spiritual death and from the fires of God's judgment. Christ rescues us from that certain death we deserved by destroying sin with him on the cross. He destroys our sinful flesh, which rejects him and which turns us against him to worldly concerns. He conquers over our hearts and gives us new ones that hear his word and that follow him, that will according to his will, that truly pray thy will be done. 
He gives us the victory. He gives us the win over sin, the devil, and the world. He gives us all we need, himself. Jesus, the light and life of the world, he gives us himself in baptism and in his supper. He gives us his very promises that he will never forsake us or leave us. He gives us his word that we have forgiveness for our weakness, for our failures, for our doubts, for our turning our backs and rejecting him at times. He forgives us all our errors and restores us. He grafts us into his family, unites us with himself. He placed his name on you in baptism. He claimed you as his own treasured possession. He promised you that you are a citizen of his kingdom forever and that he will not leave you or abandon you, but that he will come again. And so he will. But while we wait for that day, he will sustain you and me on the road and journey until we reach the end. He will sustain us through his word, through his mighty power, through his sacraments given to us. He sustains us by his faithful forgiveness in the face of our faithlessness and by his continued presence among us in word and sacrament. He who refused to give up on us while he journeyed to the cross will not give up on us now, for he has conquered and won. So indeed, hear his word of victory. He won. It is finished. The peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in grace, Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.